and thank you for joining the Speaking Out on the Quality Payment Program podcast, also known as QPP. This podcast series is where you can tune in and hear from intelligent advisors and other industry experts about multiple topic areas, such as preparing for the MIPS data submission, tips for new eligible clinician types, changes in promoting interoperability to be aware of, APM scoring, what makes up the cost category, and more. There are several things we want you to better understand and be able to share with your colleagues after a podcast. We want you to get a basic understanding of the quality payment program and how it affects the healthcare delivery system and the clinicians in your organization. Most importantly, I want to provide our listeners with tips or resources that you can take back to your workplace to help you be successful in the quality payment program. I am Tamika Williams, your host, and I am a Senior Health Information Technology Advisor at Telogen, the Quality Innovation Network, Quality Improvement Organization for the states of Colorado, Iowa, and Illinois. The topic for today's discussion is all about getting ready to report 2018 MIPS data. The data submission period recently opened for MIPS submission, and we understand the desire to go in there and just get it done. However, before you submit, have you done your due diligence to be certain you will be putting your best data out there? I have the pleasure of my colleague, Sandy Swallow, here with me today. Sandy is a QPP program specialist at Telogen and is MACFR certified. She will be sharing tips for getting ready to submit your data, improving your MIPS score based on data you already have, and lastly, retaining data to support your MIPS submission. Welcome, Sandy, and thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, for Tabika, and it's really my pleasure, and I really appreciate the opportunity to share on this platform today. So, Sandy, what are some of the first tips you would recommend as clinicians start preparing for reporting? Well, first off, I recommend that they be sure to know important dates and deadlines. The submission period is now through April 2nd, with two exceptions uh, specific to the quality category. Uh, The first exception is that claim submission for individual level reporting has been occurring throughout the performance year as CMS receives quality data from claims processed by your MAC. So to count, claims must be processed within 60 days after the 2018 performance period ended. It's a good idea to contact your MAC for specific dates that they must receive the claims in order for them to meet that deadline. That's right. You know, also ACOs and group reporting quality measures via the CMS web interface cannot begin submitting data until January the 22nd with an early deadline of March the 22nd. Also, the beneficiary sample will be made available sometime in January, and there will be a test period that will close shortly after. All right. And then that that portal opens, is scheduled to reopen January 22nd after they've um, deleted all the test, um, test, test data. One of the next things that I would do is I would encourage um, practices to verify access into the QPP portal now and take a few minutes to verify your login. The account, make sure that the account is up to date and that the appropriate users and submitters have access. 
I was happy to hear that CMS has streamlined the whole access issues that we had with the EIDM challenges um, to and transition to the new HARP system. My clients have not had any problems with the automatic transition of the user ID and passwords. So now if you or someone in your organization does not have any EIDM credentials, there is a very helpful QPP access user guide on the resource library. Um, and it's, the resource library is located at www.qpp.cms.gov. Now once you are logged in, this is a very good time to review the clinician information and eligibility status, looking for any surprises. The eligible clinician's height remains the same as the 2017 transition year. So as you recall, those clinicians or eligible clinicians' heights were um, physicians, nurse practitioners, physician nurse assist physician assistants, CRNAs, and clinical nurse specialists. Exemptions include newly enrolled and those that met the low volume threshold. If someone has questions, once they look at their list, who do you recommend they reach out to, Sandy? Well, CMS did a nice job. They've provided a nice um, submission FAQ resource that talks about clinicians who join your organizations after 9-1-2018. Um, those will not appear on the list. And they also um, give you some information about clinicians that work in multiple locations. If you cannot find the answer to your questions on the FAQs, um, definitely reach out to your QIO or your um, um, SIR contractors for assistance. That's right. We are always here to help. So, Sandy, can you share some tips um, to improve your MIPS score based on the data you already have? Um, sure, I would be happy to. Um, first, here at Telegen, we really recommend that you compare performance at the group level and the individual level to optimize your score if you have that option. Now, there will be folks that are in MIPS ATMs and, and um, special folks that will not have the option of individual reporting. But if you do have the option, you want to perform an analysis of which will result in a larger incentive payment. Maybe perhaps as a group, your clinicians will be perform better because many of them are providing similar services for the same set of patients. On the flip side, it's possible that you have low-performing low-performing providers who would be excluded if reporting individually, but are included if you report as a group. Or maybe you are a multi-specialty group in which clinicians would better report better if they were each responsible for the most appropriate set of measures um, that met their specialty. Just selecting the most advantageous approach for your specific situation is one low-touch way to improve performance. If possible, monitor your scores for both, um, both group and individual, throughout the year to see which reporting option is proving to be most advantageous. Now, also remember, though, you must report one level or another. Individual and group level submissions will not be combined. Uh, I think my next tip would be uh, it would be in your favor to use a different submission method for each category, um, especially if you want to manually attest to uh, improvement activity and promoting interoperability. That way you're not paying for a third-party intermediary to submit on your behalf. Um, also, when you're looking at the PI um, quality, uh, the PI performance category, because you can report, the reporting period is a continuous 90 days through 365 days, You'll want to run multiple performance periods to find your best performance. 
A couple tips in respect to in respect to the quality category is run a large set of quality measures and see which performs the best. The easiest way to make sure you are performing your best with the data you have is to make sure you are submitting the six measures that perform best with that with that data set for your eligible clinician or group. While some of you know for sure which six measures will fit your practice best, we recommend to start the year by running dozens of measures so you can evaluate the best set to focus on. And it's not too late to run those measures now to just look at those. So in addition to just seeing which measures perform well, by running your data across a large set of measures, you can see if there are any additional outcome measures you can submit, because you'll earn two extra points per measure, or any additional high-priority measures, earning one extra point per measure. Many groups choose to track 10 to 15 measures throughout the year to ensure that as the year progresses, they have the flexibility to submit the absolute best performing set of measures. And you can submit more than six. CMS will just score the six, um, count in your score the six highest performing ones, and then any bonus points. Another tip would be to use end-to-end -end electronic reporting processes if possible. This is one way to earn bonus points um, by reporting measures this way. Now, this means that the data is transferred from the um, Certified Health Rec Record Technology, or this chart, to CMS in an automated continuous pipeline. Each are reporting counts here, as does reporting through a registry that automates the data extraction, measure calculation, and submission. Now, if, measures, if a measure uses data that has been documented outside of the Certified EHR system, or if the data has been manually manipulated, the measure is not considered end-to-end -end reported. Reporting using end-to-end -end electronic process will earn you an additional bonus point per measure, up to 10% of your quality category score. Six points for clinicians and, and clinicians in groups of 15 or fewer, or seven points for groups above 15 clinicians. One more tip would be for individuals who submitted quality measure claims data throughout the year is to look at your progress now by logging into the QPP portal. Um, it may, and if you aren't happy with your scores there, it may not be too late to report by a registry or a QCDR. Most registries will require, uh, may require some manual data entry. Uh, some may be able to pull the data from your EHR. Um, oftentimes that is for an extra fee. Um, so, but those, that might be something you want to consider. It may be worth paying the extra fee um, to improve your score. Thank you for sharing, um, Sandy. Those were some wonderful tips that could impact your score and your payment adjustment. But before we close um, for the day, um, I promised our listeners some tips on data validation and retention. Do you have time for that discussion? I sure do. Um, let's just say CMS will conduct audits, and it's nerve-wracking. Um, this is a random selection. And historically, we're seeing that one of 10 clinicians is, is selected for an audit. At that time, you will have 45 calendar days to complete the data sharing that they're requesting. So my tip is to be prepared. Prepare before you even submit for this year. Prepare to have the correct supporting documentation in place. The 2018 QPP final rule requires that CMS provide the criteria that would be used to audit and validate measures and activities. Validation documentation is available for the quality, the PI, and the improvement activities categories in a really nice resource called the 2018 Data Validation Criteria. 
This document is located on the QPP resource library. It comes up as a zip file and it contains criteria for all MIPS performance categories. Um, now for retention of the documentation, we suggest duplicate data storage in a secure location away from potential destructions by disasters. Also keep a paper copy, electronic documents and or data are in the data warehouse. Along with having multiple copies in, in multiple locations, you need to have multiple key staff that know where those locations are and what the content of the documentation is. That way if a person leaves or is unavailable at the time that you received your notice for the audit, you have a backup because that 45 days comes and goes pretty quickly. You know, I have clients that have done mock audits to identify deficiencies that have proved very beneficial. Um, but unfortunately, this is all the time we have today. I want to thank you for the wonderful discussion. Sandy, what I hear you saying to our listeners is to have a call to action in your organization, to be prepared, and do your due diligence before submitting the data. Your MIPS final score does not only have a financial impact, but it will also be reported publicly, and that's just a key aspect to remember. As I wrap up, I want to thank you, Sandy, for your willingness to spend time sharing your views and expertise on, on tips organizations can use in their QPP journey. Before we close, I also want to um, say be sure to join us for the remaining podcast on speaking out on the quality payment program. For more information about QPP, MIPS, and APM, you can visit Telogen's website at www.telogenquinqio.com or the QPP website at www.qpp.cms.gov. You can also stay up to date on health-related news, workshops, and webinars by following Telogen Quinn on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 